podcast disclaimer. This podcast is not intended for all audiences, and you may find the content disturbing. We will be talking about murders, crimes, and violence. So if you are sensitive to any of these topics, you may want to skip this episode or possibly the entire podcast. everybody and welcome back to talking murder with my mother podcast hello mother hi yes we are back it's been holy shit ma since what summer of 2019 um i think so i think that was probably one of the last times yeah that's uh it's been a long time so hopefully everyone is uh listening still and if not welcome new people and here we go this one is going to be Mother, I'm going back to 1915. Before my my time. Yeah, before your time. Oh, I'm sorry, everybody. I've got one of the dogs, like, half on the laptop. Excuse me. I need this. Excuse me, Tiny. All right. So, Genevieve Genevieve Sweeney, 1915. That is my story today. All right. Here we go, Ma. The Arizona Republic, March 23rd, 1915. Mysterious killing of Phoenix Boy. The body of Hubbard Fuqua. I'm sorry, just so I can say, I hope I'm pronouncing these people's names properly. If I'm not, I apologize. It's F-U-Q-U-A. So I just, Fuqua? Okay. Body of Hubbard Fuqua on desert near Parker. Missing since Saturday, there is no clue to the slayer. Brother has odd portent in letter. Insane man's threat at Wendon thought to be connected with case, which remains shrouded in utter secrecy. All right. That's the headline. So here we go. Parker, March 22nd. Hubbard Fuqua, aged 18, assistant manager of the Parker Commercial Company, was discovered murdered on the desert near here today. He had been missing since Saturday night. The body had been much decomposed by the hot winds of the desert, but was instantly recognized to the searchers by the clothing. Fuqua had not an enemy in the world, and the act is thought to have been committed by an insane Mexican. So. Well, that that's, that, that storyline follows through the ages, I guess, at this point. You know, it's kind of like um, what's what was what's old now is new now is the same as now. And it's same old, same old, same old. When I first oh. read that, when I first read that, I was like, damn, we're blaming the Mexicans? Like, why does it have to be a Mexican? And why does it have to be an insane Mexican? And I mean, obviously, it's 1915 Arizona, so I get I get it, I guess, you know? But why does it automatically have to be an insane Mexican? I'm just... <laughs> well, um, but again, if we, if we follow the train of thought, um, you know, aren't we still doing that? And I yeah. mean, the, the collective we... Not well, not we, us, but yes. Not, not us, because, you know, the, the reality is uh, we, you're living in the States. I lived in the States. We know what racism is. And I think it's just, it's just followed. It, it, it's not new. This is what is my, new. does my one t-shirt say, Ma, about, we're from Spain. It says Spaniards, the fancy Mexicans. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, 
would hardly think that that's exactly I mean, what, <laughs> I mean, what, what we are. We all come from the same, no, but we all come from the same place, obviously, just to get off topic for one second. Obviously, we're from Spain. Our people came over to this side of the world and did, did, the, did our thing. And so somewhere along the line, most people in most Hispanic countries, Latino, South American countries, come from some lineage unless you're still full-blooded native which there is i mean we know we know even people that are still full-blooded native all the way down like they've just continued to marry native south american um but that's again a very small part of the population but yeah so an insane an insane mexican, insane mexican. committed crime so that that young Fuqua was killed by an insane man who had visited his threats upon the store where the young fellow worked is the firm conviction of those who have been told of the strange and portentous letter received by Mrs. B.M. Fuqua of 333 North 2nd Avenue, mother of the murdered boy. Granville Fuqua, his brother at Wendon, had received a visit from an insane man a week ago Friday, and his letter to Mrs. Fuqua was written late last week. It mentioned business incidents and included the following strange account. Quote, last Sunday, everybody was out looking for a crazy man. Everyone knew he was a loco, a loco, but harmless. This is in the newspaper. Everyone knew he was a loco, but harmless. Next, he came in Friday night, had a row with me, giving me Sam Hill for robbing the people. I just went ahead and humored him and laughed. Then he threatened to kill me and left. He said he would be back on Saturday night, kill me and burn the store. I said nothing about it. A bunch of us went out Saturday night to catch him and look him up. He, he heard us coming and tore out across the desert. Then the next morning, the town was out looking for him. They tracked him for 40 miles. They became all in and came back to town. To their surprise, he had beaten them in. We asked him where he had been and he said that he had heard everybody after him when he heard everybody was after him, he skipped. Then he said that while he was walking, he found that they were not after him, but just coming to make a call. He wanted to apologize. His cousin bought him a ticket and sent him to San Diego where his home is. Some excitement for such a place, it is not. The news of young Fuqua's murder was first received here at 5.30 in a wire to Reverend W.P. Sims of the Christian Church. And it simply said, go to my wife at once and tell her that Hubbard was killed Saturday night by an unknown party. Tell her to catch the train here tonight. B.M. Fuqua. Okay. Mrs. Fuqua was unable to catch the train owing to an inexplicable delay in delivering the telegram. She was prostrated with grief, but wildly, anguished, an wildly anxious to go to her husband. But little could be learned here of the incident. No wire could be gotten through to Parker last night, <clears throat> excuse me, and there are no telephone connections. Young Fuqua had a host of friends here for nearly all of his life, has been uh, for nearly all his life has been spent in Phoenix or the ranch, which is nearby. He went to Phoenix High and Lamson. He is survived by a brother, Granville, who is at Wendon, and four sisters who are well known here. Deputy Sheriff William Despan was sent to the scene of the murder on a relayed telephone message through the Republican office to Yuma. A search is being made for the man who is supposed to have been sent on his way to San Diego, but little hope is held out that it will be successful unless another insane impulse. Should the, hip, uh, should the hypothetical murderer back into the clutches of the law? The well-known good habits of the boy make it impossible that he could have been the victim of a personal enemy. He was a big strapping fellow, well-liked and immensely respected. For about a year, he had been connected with the Parker Commercial Company in which his father is heavily interested. Mr. Fuqua owns the Woodford here and a ranch. 
Captain J.P. Bates is a grandfather of the murdered boy and in a short statement to the Republican last night expressed his utter disbelief that such a tragedy could be brought down about by any act of the victims. The burial, it is understood, uh, must today even before, must, the the article isn't spelled, isn't like done right. The burial, this is what it says, the burial comma, it is understood comma, must today comma, even before Mrs. Fuqua can arrive. So there's obviously words missing. This is 1915. Okay, that's what the newspaper says when they find his body three days after dying. The first article, okay? So, what day did I say that is? The 23rd, right? Okay, the 24th. So, search for Hubbard Fuqua. Watch this. Search for Hubbard Fuqua, who has not been seen since last Saturday, revealed a double tragedy. Double tragedy. Somebody else dead? The bodies of the young man and a woman Uh named named Sweeney being found in a house. Wait a second. Near the Colorado Riverbank today. Did you hear what I just said? Yes, a house. Uh, Wasn't he in a desert being mummified? (laughs) Right, right, (laughs) right, yeah, yeah. Poor guy. Yeah, he was busy rotting out in the desert. Right, right. That's what we heard in the first article, right? Now, he's with a a, a young lady, and they're in a oh. house down by the Colorado Riverbank. Okay, so let's continue with this article. Yeah, yeah. It'll, 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 it'll all get cleared up. Uh-huh. Fuqua was discovered lying partly undressed, a oh. bullet, a bullet wound in the right side of his head. While in a kneeling posture by the side of the bed was the body of a woman. Ooh. A gun on the mattress and under the arm of the woman was mute evidence that she had first killed her lover and then committed suicide. Mm-hmm. It is understood that she left a note explaining the tragedy, but it is not, it has not yet been discovered. She leaves three children. Wow. Okay. It gets interesting. Okay. So that's the 24th. So on the 31st, like a week later of March, the Weekly Journal Miner says, state, this is the headline, state scooped, quote unquote, by the Journal Miner, only paper in Arizona to give its readers the correct account of the Parker tragedy. Okay. Oh, part three? This is, well, this is what they're saying. The Weekly Journal Miner is say, saying that they, I don't know if you can see, you see how big it is where it says scooped, state scooped in the, mm-hmm. all right. Yes. So it's basically, they're saying they're the only paper in the whole state of Arizona to give the true, to, to give its readers a true account of the Parker tragedy. Okay. So it, this is a week later. So I'm assuming whoever wrote this is correct. It seems to be better written than the first story of an insane Mexican who showed up at the store, the story of the brother. And then this, this other little article that says that now there's two bodies and it's not. uh, So a murder suicide. Right. So first it's just a murder. Now it's like a murder suicide. And a week later, the weekly journal miner saying we got the, we got the scoop. So let's see what they say. It is not the policy of the journal miner to boast. Con- oh, it is not the it, policy. No, excuse <laughs> moi. 
It is not the policy of the journal Miner to boast concerning the service it gives the people of northern Arizona, but that it covers its field thoroughly and accurately is well known all over the state. But it is not its policy to toot toot its own horn. All right. Uh-huh. So, but this this seems to be the, the, the good the good scoop here. Last week, there occurred at Parker a double tragedy, the killing of a young man, Herbert Fuqua, by a young widow woman by the name of Sweeney. The morning following the double tragedy, the Journal Miner was the only paper in Arizona to give a correct account of the affair. The Phoenix Papers had a story which, for falling short of the facts, was truly wonderful. It told a weird tale of a Mexican. <laughs> you see? You see? It, it told a weird tale of a Mexican who had threatened the life of the young man and laid the crime at his door. Additional details published subsequently were along the same line and never a hint was given of a woman figured in the killing. The journal Miner scored a statewide beat on this important story and that every word which it published was true is confirmed in the account of the affair given in the last issue of the Parker Post. Its accounts, although going into more detail, substantiates in every particular that given to the readers of the journal Miner. It is as follows. So now this is like two papers that have collaborated to have i mean they collaborated they have the same facts now so okay it is as follows because her love for hubbard fuqua was greater than her courage to live apart from him genevieve h sweeney successfully laid and executed her plans to take her own life and that of the man she loved the tragedy, which has inexpressibly shocked the whole community, occurred sometime last Saturday night in the old Smith house located on the mesa overlooking the river. So there is no friggin' Mexican. <laughs> there is no friggin' desert. And there's no desert. And who even knows if the story, I mean, maybe it's true that this, quote unquote, a Mexican guy walked into their store and threatened them. Who knows? Who knows? But that is not how this shit went down. So it's in a house down by the river. All right. So the dead bodies of the two young people were discovered Monday afternoon. And from a number of letters left by the unfortunate woman, it is clear that she shot young Fuqua and then killed herself. Genevieve Sweeney was the daughter of Mr. and Mrs. Fred Hall, who reside six miles north of Parker on the California side of the river. She was 21 years of age, was the divorced wife of William Sweeney, who operates a ferry at Needles and leaves two small children. So in the last article, it said she left. Yes, she had three. Mm-hmm. So Hubbard Fuqua was the son of Mr. and Mrs. B.M. Fuqua and was but 17 years of age. So she's 21. Yeah. The first article that I read said he was 18. Right. But now this one's saying 17. If she, he was if he was 17 and she was 21 again, it's 1915. She's already been married, obviously. She's got two kids, but 17, maybe 18. He possessed an unusually pleasant disposition and was beloved by everyone in the community. His tragic end is deeply regretted by his friends and has prostrated his parents with grief. While the young people were known to associate together at intervals, it was not thought that the woman in the case was so desperately in love with the boy. She arrived in Parker from her home up the river Saturday evening after previously writing a detailed account of what she intended to do, which she addressed to her mother and hid in a dresser drawer. So I'm going to take this story when there's a letter written before I take the insane Mexican story. Okay? Another note addressed to her mother and found by the bedside in the old Smith house 
stated uh, where her fa farewell letter would be found. Sometime Saturday evening, the young couple went to the Smith house, all of which was evidently planned by the woman in pursuance of the letter uh, written her mother, in which she stated that she in intended to kill herself and take Hubbard with her. From the position of young Fuqua's body, it was evident that he was shot in the head from behind and while he was asleep. So, I'm just going to stop for a second. If w they're in a house and he's sleeping, I'm just going to maybe assume there was a little something-something going on. Maybe. Yeah. I mean, I, I, again, I'm not I, trying to be an asshole to him. That's fine. I mean, it's okay if you're, you know, having good uh, times. But if you're sleeping, if that's what they came up with when they're looking at the body, right? Why would he be sleeping in the house with her? They obviously went together, right? He went willingly. She didn't drag this big-ass guy to the house. Yeah, well, they, to, to me, the only thing that sounds a little strange is that you're saying they they were they were lovers i'm going to assume uh what would have been Again, the I issue assume right assume well, well i'm going to assume but i mean it says she was divorced which right. means why couldn't they be together and you know no, we're looking 100, at 100% i'm just saying like nobody knows right that Supposedly, like it says before, they saw each other at intervals, but nobody knew that she was like desperately in love with this this younger guy. Um, well, barring barring that she realized maybe maybe that he was, you know, he was he was he was getting what he wanted, and he wasn't really going to be involved marry, with her. Right. Well, maybe, yeah, maybe maybe not marry her, but he wasn't going to make their relationship public that it was something that was clandestine and she she was more inclined to want to be with him for forever forever and he was getting his jollies on and you know uh like like the letter says you know she was she was terribly in love with him and maybe that wasn't the case for him maybe he was just doing his thing and yeah like i don't have know, a letter i don't have a letter from him right i mean obviously he was murdered i mean i have her letter so hold on one okay second. I'll, I'll get to that in one second so hold on from the position of his all right so yeah <clears throat> while he was asleep after killing fuqua Mrs. Sweeney sat on the edge of the bed and put a bullet into her own head the entrance and exit of the bullet being practically the same as that fired into Hubbard's head. Upon the discovery of the bodies, a coroner's jury was at once impaneled, consisting of the following, and then it gives you like a list of names. After, after viewing the remains, the jury adjourned until the following morning when Mrs. Hall and her son, J.L. Hall, were interrogated. Mrs. Hall testified to the letter which her daughter had left behind. It related that she was discouraged with life and that she loved young Fuqua so much that she could not live without him. And it further stated, among other things, that she intended... Sorry, I have to flip the page. She intended to take Fuqua with her into the other life. Selfish. Selfish. Where they could be together. I mean, he didn't decide that. It's not... I mean, at least I don't think so. It doesn't seem to be like a mutual murder-suicide here. It's delusional. That's for sure. And she's got kids. All right. So, all right. 
The jury returned the verdict of suicide in the case of Mrs. Sweeney and that Hubbard Fuqua was killed by the woman. So, again, it doesn't seem like he was in on this plan. Very selfish of her, too. I don't think he signed on, no. No. So, letters addressed to Mrs. May Whipple of Needles, California, and to Frank D. Blair of Rhyolite, Nevada, were found at the scene of the tragedy in a small camera case which the woman was in the habit of carrying. With the letter addressed to her mother was one to her father, and in addition, a note stating that it was her dying wish that her two little girls, Thelma and Florence, be placed in the custody of her mother. So I'm going to assume, again, only two kids, because the letter that she wrote only names two kids. The letter addressed to her father contains the following. March 19th, 1915 is the date on her letter. Dear Daddy, I must tell you goodbye in this way. My last thoughts will be of you and brother, mother, and my two innocent darlings. I am tired of this life. I have not your cur- I have not your courage to battle with it as you have. I have tried for some time to get the courage to end it all. Bye-bye. Jesse, brother, dear, don't hate your sister for doing this. <clears throat> I am oh. so tired. I think it for the best. Be a good, brave boy. We shall meet again in my firm belief. I can't write more. My courage is failing with everlasting love. Genevieve. P.S. I would like to have all my letters burned unread. And here I am in 2021. Here I am in 2021 reading her fucking letters. All right. I would like to have all my letters burned unread. Maybe I won't have time to have chosen Saturday. Just think, I will be in my long sleep by Sunday, the Sabbath, March 21st, 1915. Again, it's over 100 years, and I'm reading her damn letter that she wanted burned. Well, it, it's, it's very sad. It's very sad. Of course it's that- very sad. I mean, I have to. I have to imagine that that these people were not wealthy or well off, or and I guess she she must have been. No, no. Dis- it seems like dis- they were well off. No, he was well off. <clears throat> Hold on, I'm gonna go he back. Or she, he no. or she? Both no, of them. He- no, both of them are 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 pretty well off. Here, here's the thing. When I go back. He had been connected with the Parker Commercial Company in which his father is heavily interested in, well, it should be invested. And Mr. Fuqua owns the Woodford here. I don't know what that is, but it's obviously a place and a ranch. And J.P. Bates is the grandfather of the murdered boy. And he apparently is like some big to do. And her parents, her parents don't seem to be. Well, I don't um, think it's I don't think it says one one way or the other whether they're no, wealthy or not. No. I think I mean I mean she sounds despondent. It doesn't really matter that you have money to be to be despondent. I mean you don't. Obviously something is wrong when you make a decision like that for someone else. <laughs> that that's it. It's time to go. We're checking oh. out. This would not be this would not be a first or a last, and you know that, right? Not not even close. It, not even close. So, uh, yeah, there's only there's only a little bit left. So, poor Hubbard Fuqua laid to rest. The entire town, tur- the entire fucking town. But that's like, what was done in the no, old days. No, but it said right? in other. No, but it said earlier on in another article that he was also like super popular with everybody, right? So well. it seems it seems like he was probably just a really nice guy. You know what I mean? Like. And that everybody in town kind of knew him, and well, that's like a lot of these towns uh, in in you know um, turn of the century 
Yeah, but um, sometimes people were assholes. I, he just seems like what everybody's saying, just a really nice guy, you know? Yeah, just, and again, maybe their relationship, again, for him, it was, I mean, he was 17 years old, and I know people at at that time were also more adult in the sense of they they had to be, they had to grow up much faster. Um, and, and Well, but maybe he did love her, and maybe he really did plan on marrying her, and she didn't think that that was going to happen because... She, I don't know, maybe they just never had a discussion about it. Maybe that was a delusion in her head that that wasn't going to happen, but maybe he did love her and he was just well, going to wait. Or, or, or we can think also of he was young. She already had two children. Maybe that's not what he was looking to get involved with. Um, I mean, it, it, look, who, who, remind me of the case of the mom who ground her kids because the boyfriend... In the car with said, the boyfriend because the boyfriend wasn't interested? And she blamed well, it on... The, she drowned she her children. And she blamed it on the African-American guy. Yeah, her. So, and the father... You know, and the father... <sighs> that was like the most horrifying shit because what the hell is her name? People who are listening to our podcast right now are screaming at us, you know? Yes, I, I know they are. Uh, it's it's, it's, it just it just came into my head when when uh, you know I was thinking two kids, uh, you know there's this guy and he might like you but if you know you don't have you know if you have the kids hanging on we're not interested in the kids and it's, it's what not, do you do you get rid of not Smith it's yeah no I think it is isn't it I know. I know people are yelling at us right now. I know they are. I mean, they're probably yanking out their... They're going to yank out their hair. What little is left of mine, I'm going to yank out in a minute. Don't worry, people. I'm fucking Googling it. See, I was (laughs) right. What did I say? I said, said, Maggie, that's not right. Smith. And it is Smith. It's fucking Susan Smith. Susan Smith. Susan Susan Smith. And the worst part about... the worst part there's so many bad parts about that but to me of course to me the worst part was always watching her ex-husband because she didn't have to do that she could have gone back to her ex-husband who loved those kids so much and said you know what here can you take the boys for a while and he would have gladly taken his children and she did not have to do that but that's not the case we're talking about so let's stop because i get no, so, i get so angry no. because my my punishment for her do you remember what my punishment if I ruled the world, Ma, do you, Mother, do you remember what my punishment meant for her? Yeah, well, you you don't get to rule the world, so you don't get to meet out the punishment. But um, no, I don't. I don't remember. I'm sure it was graphic. It's a good it one. No, it's it's a good. No, well, it's a good one. It's it's here. I'll tell the listeners. If I was in charge of punishment of the for these people, and I don't this every every case is not the same. It, it has to be judged individually, one by one. The punishment you you can't go across the board for everybody. But this conniving, deceitful bitch, what she deserves is she she pushed the car into the water and her poor children had to be strapped into the backseat. And that was their that was their horrifying end, which they did not deserve. So my punishment for her listeners. And again, I know this is horrible. Don't don't judge me. She she should be every hour. On the hour, in her prison cell, there should be not the toilet that she pisses and shits in, because I'm not even going to be that that horrible. Another toilet in her cell 
and every hour on the hour, someone comes in and puts her face into the toilet bowl and brings her to the brink of drowning. And it takes about, what, less than a minute? And then they let her go. And then for the next 58 minutes, she gets to live with the fact that in the next 58 minutes, somebody's going to come back and ram her face into the toilet and bring her to the brink of drowning. And that it's going to happen every hour for the rest of her life. And to some people that may sound like torture, but she still gets to live, right? For the rest of the 58 minutes, she still gets to breathe and eat and be with the rest of us. And those kids don't get to grow up. I think that's a fair punishment. And I don't even have kids. Again, don't judge me. That's just... <laughs> well, I, I, actually, I actually thought it was going to be worse, to be honest. Well, I was going to say you would probably waterboard her, which is probably the same. But so. every hour on the hour, so that she feels the horrifying pain for whatever, whatever her sentence is. If she's in jail for 25 years, then it's for 25 years. If it's for life, then it's for life. If they give her 10, then they give her 10, whatever. I think she went to jail for 25, if I'm not mistaken. But that's what my punishment for her would be. Maybe it's not fair. Again, I'm not God. I don't get to judge. I don't get to uh, impose my punishments on people, but that's, that seems fair to me. With me, I'm, unfortunately, I, God's been on vacation for a while, so um, we'll, we'll leave that to other people to decide, I guess. Um, but yeah, I'm sorry I got off topic, but I was just thinking about that. You know, you know, they imagine that that's what he said to her. Um, that you know, yeah, I'll you never know, be amazing. with you if you have the children. Well, no, it would be like you know this, uh, you know, illicit romance or whatever you want to call it, liaison. Uh, this is great fun, but you know, yeah, you know, I like you and yeah, this is fun, but yeah, I don't want kids. And again, he was 17 years old. So, you know, for yeah. him, maybe and it again, was it's just 1915. It's not now. Well, and right? it, uh, this, yeah, but the thing is, you know, even, even then, I mean, th this was a woman who had kids and she was, uh, she was enjoying an illicit affair with a young man. And I'm sure well, I'm not sure, obviously, but uh, I, I can bet, you know, that he was he was interested for his own reasons, but maybe just not interested in having a family and not taking on her children. And, and you know, for her, maybe it was these, you know, these, uh, yeah, oh, my God, you know, it's like my heart is racing. And, you know, you see all the little butterflies and, you know, the and that's not probably what he was he was feeling. And, either way, and so, I feel bad. Either way, I feel bad for both of them, but I really feel bad for him. <clears throat> well, obviously, he didn't get to choose this, and unfortunately, that was chosen for him. So that's, you know, he he should have he should have been given the opportunity to decide whether he wanted to stay or not. And she, unfortunately, had no right to take his life and then take her own because then, you know, her kids uh, were brought up by her parents and probably the stigma of of, of suicide. Well, murderous mother and and her own her own uh, you know leaving uh, because it it didn't matter whether she she put a shot in her head or if you know she hadn't killed herself but had killed him she would still have gone to prison and they still wouldn't have her so it was very um, it was very selfish on her part yeah well that's and you know what it's funny I thought of that too I'm like hmm if she had killed him and and not killed herself. I wonder how long she really would have gotten in prison because the reality is I would have wondered what her defense would have been. We don't know, right? Well, she killed, her, she killed herself. <clears throat> yeah, it could have been a mental 
Yeah, it, she probably would have, in my mind, you know, the way that most of the other cases, uh, you know, seem seem to, you know, when you when you look at it, um, you know, every, everybody's insane, everybody's insane, and then they go to the insane asylum for a little while, and then they get out. So I don't know how long she really would have been in the insane asylum. It could have been under a year. It could have been a couple years. I mean, it, it, I don't think it would have been that long, depending on what she would have gotten away with in court. But we don't know, because she did it. So here, check this out. Hubbard Fuqua laid to rest the entire town, turned out Wednesday afternoon to pay their last respects to the memory of Hubbard Fuqua. His sorrowing friends and grief-stricken parents can only remember the many sterling qualities of this young man. His happy and sunny disposition, his manliness, integrity, and honesty will long be cherished by those who knew him. He had gone to that peaceful land where troubles and worries are unknown. While his going has caused a deep void in the hearts of his loved ones and in the hearts of his friends, his presence in the celestial world will spread sunshine among those who are on the other shore. There is, a, there is a work celestial as well as terrestrial, and we know that Hubbard will uh, not lie found wanting in his labors on the other side of the Great Divide. The funeral services were held in the M.E. Church amid masses of, of banked flowers and floral wreaths and in the presence of a congregation that taxed the capacity of the edifice. The people's hearts were heavy with sorrow over the community's loss and the aftermath of the recent tragedy. The remains were followed to the cemetery by the sorrowing friends, where services were held, the funeral was conducted by Undertaker J.F. Collins. And then it says, funeral of Mrs. Sweeney, the funeral of Mrs. Genevieve H. Sweeney occurred from the ME Church at nine o'clock Wednesday morning, Reverend Reisinger preaching the funeral sermon. Nearly everyone in town turned out to pay their last respects to the unfortunate girl. That's gotta be fun for the town, double funeral. Wait a second, if, uh, I, I guess it wasn't, religious because usually it well again maybe not catholic because generally at that no, time it said reverend if, it's not oh uh, okay because i was going to say if she was catholic and she wouldn't bury her in she wouldn't bury her in sanctified ground Correct. so obviously it says yeah i thought about that too but it says reverend and i'm like yeah they're not catholic Reverend Reisinger preaching the funeral sermon. Nearly everyone in town turned out to pay their last respects to the unfortunate girl. The church and casket were profusely decorated with flowers, and the remains were interred in the Parker Cemetery. And then the last article that I have says April 1st, 1915. And then it talks about, you know, the whole it talks about the whole thing about how she she killed him and everything and um it again puts the letter on there and uh at the bottom it says the woman is the divorced wife of William Sweeney owner of a ferry on the Colorado River at Needles so again i'm going to assume she was married to Mr Sweeney he owns a ferry not super poor, right? You gotta have money to own a fucking ferry. A ferry is not cheap. In 1915, a ferry has to take things and people from one side to the other. So I, but all right. So it, a couple weeks later, on April 16th, 1915, this is how much they love this guy. Okay, in this town, they made this memorial thing. You see this, Ma? Mm -hmm. Through the. Okay, so they did this. It says, "Our friend, in memory of Hubbard Fuqua." We cannot feel that you are gone. We fail to comprehend that years must now pass sadly on without you cheer, dear friend. It seems 
as we walk out each day with thoughts of you the while, that we must hear your voice so gay and meet your sunny smile. There's nothing left us in this life, in nature or in art, to compensate us for the loss of your kind and loving heart. Let a miracle be for us wrought, bright, bright spirit gone before. Send back to us loving thought to make our hearts less sore. You need no monument, my friend, impressive, grand, or tall. Your simple epitaph should end. We loved him one and all. Mary E. Brown. So obviously his friends really gave a shit about him to have this huge poem put into the newspaper. Yeah, so, like I said, he probably was a, a, a good dude who basically was, you know, doing his thing. And unfortunately, he didn't realize that maybe his, you know, basically saying, well, you know, joie de vivre, I'm going to do what I do. And uh, not knowing that she was completely uh, focused on, you know, them being together. And that probably, you know, again, he was a good dude. He, he just didn't get her, I guess, obsession with him. Uh, he didn't, I, I guess he didn't realize that she that's planned. what it was. She planned it. Okay, so hold on one second. Now, oh, I'm sorry. The the dog is in the way. Sorry. Come on, little man. Uh, so let me do this. Let me show you this, mother. I am, so the listeners know I'm doing a share screen with my mother right now so that I can show her what I have here. So here, you can see that, Mom? I can see his uh, headstone. Uh, Hubbard B. Fuqua, born July 18th, 1897, died March 20th, 1915. We left him one and all. Yeah, so obviously someone's still taking care of this headstone because that looks pretty clean. For a white headstone, this thing is still in really, really, really good shape. So um, I've seen some headstones that are way younger than this. And it's, yeah, it's pretty amazing. So this is his headstone. And I'll put the pictures on all the social media guys, the Facebook and all that stuff. So that is Hubbard's, poor Hubbard's gravestone. And then here is poor Hubbard's death certificate. Let me zoom in here. And I don't wanna make it too crazy. Can I do this? Yes, okay, excellent. So here's the Arizona State Board of Health, original certificate of death for Mr. Fuqua. And it says, let me just zoom in here so we can see right here. It says the disease or injury causing death was as follow, as follows, gunshot wound of head inflicted uh, and then it, I kind of can't see the word because it's written on, there's stuff written over it, but then it says, um, in, inflicted something, homicidal intent. And mm. uh, and then if you come down over here, it says, like we said in the newspaper, Mrs. B, Mr. B. Fuqua, and all the information over here that I'm, I'm you know, the undertaker's name that they had in the newspaper, uh, you know, Collins' address in Parker. So, yeah, there's his death certificate. And then if you, let me close this. And then if I open this one, this is Genevieve's. 
So if you zoom in here, and again, I'm going to put this on for all of you guys to see too, but here's Genevieve Hall Sweeney. And if you come over here, it says gunshot wound of head inflicted. So again, whatever that is, homicidal. I think it's not homicidal in intent. No, that says suicidal. Oh, so, uh, not. Oh, you're See, right. That says suicidal. So that the word that they keep putting there. Yeah. And I keep getting close to it. And I, listen, I used to work in this industry of having to do these things. I don't know what the hell that is. It's in handwriting. With. I, with, with. Is it with? Yeah. Oh, you're right. Maybe it is. It looks like an M. Yeah, you're right. Read it, read with it now. suicidal intent. Yes, with homicidal intent and with suicide. Good job, mom. Nice. Oh, thank mom, you. Mom, deciphering the fucking old death certificate. <laughs> so, so yeah, that's uh, that's and then see it says birth birthplace California, father Fred Hall, birthplace of father unknown, and uh, yeah. So and then it says here trade profession housewife. Um. So, again, I don't know how you can be a housewife when you're divorced, but I, I guess she wasn't really working. Um, so, yeah, this is her death certificate, which I will also put on the, uh, and there, oh, here, see, it says here she's 21. Okay, so if you come over here and you click on his, and we zoom in, because remember it said 17, 18? 17, you see that, Ma? Yeah. 17. So... 17 and 21. And again, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with being 17 and 21. I mean, I it's 1915. I, I, people were like pregnant at 13 and married at 13 and 14. It's not no, uh, shocking. I think in this case, I think it's more, it's not along the lines of that. It's more along the lines of he was 17. Right. She's married. married. He's divorced with two kids. With two kids. I think that's the, 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 the line, I think probably he wasn't willing to cross. I mean, again, we'll never, 17. we'll never know because he never woke up from that nap that he took after whatever they did in that house. Yeah, that was a long nap. So that's my story about Genevieve Sweeney, mom. It wasn't an insane Mexican after all. <laughs> well, I think, I think we got that at the beginning of the story that we knew there was something off on that story. Mm -hmm. So that is my story, and of course, we will have many more to come, but uh, you know what we always forget to do? Not a clue. You don't remember because it's been too long. We always forget to fucking promote ourselves. So before we end everything, let's tell them all the stuff that they need to know, or I will tell them all the stuff because I have it here. Okay, so if you want to email us, talkingmurderwithmymother at gmail.com. If you want to get on Instagram, it's talkingmurderwithmymother. Twitter is at Murder Talking. Facebook, just type in Talking Murder with my mother and the podcast will pop up. And the other things that I'm going to promote, just because I can, <laughs> is my husband's podcast is a movie quote, movie uh, review podcast, per se. And it is called Fully Operational. It's really awesome. It is not a Star Wars podcast. There is another podcast that came out years ago that was called Fully Operational. It is not the Star Wars one. It's on Buzzsprout, but you can basically find it on any of the podcast streaming platforms that you have. Fully Operational. It's awesome. My girlfriend, Maria, if you're into tarot, go on Facebook, Crystal Water Tarot. Again, Crystal Water Tarot. Maria is amazing. Believe me. Check her out. And I'm going to promote 
my business, ma. I make hanging planters, people, and table planters. So go on to Facebook if you're into that stuff. I make them with uh, apple snail shells and different kinds of shells. And my business is uh, called Jolie San. Let me spell it for you guys. It's J-O-L-I-E-S-A-N, Jolie San Designs. And if you like them, you know, you, it, listen, you don't have to buy them. Just leave me a comment if you like, if you like them. Um, so, yeah. I have promoted us, which I forgot to do, like, on every single fucking episode that we did at the beginning, Ma. So that's it. We're done, Mom. Until the next time. Well, I just want to make sure everyone stays safe. Um, Put on your mask, please. Um, I work in a hospital. I know what that's like. Please, please, please put on a mask. Wash your hands. It it takes you 10 seconds, for God's sake. And, you know, if you, you don't want to take care of yourself, at least, you know, make sure that other people aren't hurt by your decisions. So, you know, I, it, it's, it's, it doesn't hurt. And you can breathe through the mask. You know, I, I get some people saying I can't breathe. Well, I work with a mask on eight hours of every day, uh, Monday to Friday. And yeah, at the beginning, maybe, you know, you have to learn to adapt, but, uh, you know, think, think of other people. Just don't think of yourself, you know, stop being, stop being schmucks. Um, I haven't haven't had to do it in a long time, mom, but when we had to be in the embalming room and all that other good stuff in the funeral with that business, you had to wear the mask the whole time when you were doing it too. And you didn't, couldn't pull the mask off. And sometimes it would be. Oh my God, I don't even know how many hours we'd be stuck in there. And no, it's not exactly the most pleasant thing in the world to do. But, uh, you know, please do it because it's not good times. Uh, Lots of uh, friends, family, acquaintances have gotten it. Some have not survived it. And uh, if you, again, we're the type of podcast where if you don't like what we're saying, you don't have to listen anymore. So if that offends you that we're telling you to please, please wear a mask then you don't have to listen anymore. But for those of you who, you know, are responsible to whatever you want to call it, uh, thank you for listening. And uh, we'll see you uh, again soon. And again, yeah, like mom said, stay safe out there. Wash your hands, wear a mask when you can. And uh, yeah, do your thing. We'll talk to you guys later. Bye. Say bye, mom. Bye.